We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is mailbag time, and we're going to get into some of these questions here. We do have some super chats. Sean Ryan says, let's go, Driscoll. Vince can kick rocks, though. I don't know what that beef is about, Sean. I don't, Vince, I don't even know who Sean that? is. I don't know how That's, that works, but he was getting a lot of pushback from people in the chat, so I appreciate yeah, Vince is my guy, everybody man. on that. I'm not sure how. I mean, I'm not sure what I did to you, Sean. I'm, yeah, what's up with that, Sean? That's, this, you know, I'm not even gonna thank you for the super chat, man. You took a shot of my my dude, man. You that's, even got all caps, like you got all hurtful. caps. I got hurtful. I mean, I'm glad that you love me and everything, but you know, it is. Oh, Vince, is. what did Vince do to you? I don't know. ICURN with Irish Luck asks, or actually, Vince, I'll I'll you you go ahead and just do the super chats first, yeah, and then we'll get to the rest. I'll hang I'll in the start area, there. and we'll yeah. go from there. All right, ICURN with Irish Luck. I like that name. Uh, thanks for the super chat. How do you compare Hartman and Sam Howell from Playstyle? It's a good question. That's a very good question. It is a good question. So Sam is a more last year. Sam was more of a runner than than Sam Hartman. Sam Howell was a more it of a runner than Sam Howell. Like Sam Hartman's never going to have the kind of game that Sam Howell had against Notre Dame as a runner. Like I don't see that. Like here's what Sam Hartman can do as a runner. He can pull and get around on the outside on read zone. Like the run where Tyler Buckner had where where they ran. Uh, they ran inside zone and they pulled two guys around and he just kept it and ran for 20 yards. Sam Hartman can do all that stuff. He could even run the occasional quarterback draw on third down if you need him to, but he's not a guy you're going to run Q power, you know, things like that with a whole bunch. That's just, he's more of a, a, a scrambler and you know, that kind of thing. He's not, he's not a runner per se. He's mobile, but he's not a runner. Sam Howell's thicker. Sam Howell's a shorter, thicker kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that Sam Hartman threw a beautiful deep ball. Uh, and Sam Howell throws a beautiful deep ball. That's two things they have in common, in my opinion, is their ability to throw the deep ball very effectively. But I think Sam Hartman is a little bit more accurate throwing the ball down the field than Sam Howell, which is it's getting very confusing. Me constantly saying Sam Hartman, Sam Howell, Sam Hartman, it's Sam very, Howell. So close, so close. But Sam Hartman to me throw, throw, throws a little bit more accurate deep ball. Sam Howell's was pretty though, man. Like he threw a really pretty deep ball. But I think Sam Howell through with a little bit more velocity than Sam Hartman, but Sam Hartman has a cleaner and quicker release than Sam Howell, which to me 
is one of those things that I think is going to lead to a little bit more success in the Notre Dame offense. Like, it's like Sam Howell threw a really pretty deep ball, but in his last year at Wake Forest, he only com- or I mean at North Carolina, he only completed thirty two point four percent of them. And you know, and then in twenty twenty, he was a he was a little bit better, but not a, you know forty six point seven completed twenty eight of of sixty. And that's the thing. So he completed a little in the forties in two years. His last years combined. Sam Hartman did that in twenty twenty one alone. And he almost got to that number in 2022 alone. So a lot more experience on the deep ball and a lot more effectiveness on the deep ball from a touchdown standpoint, for sure. Uh, but I think those are the areas where I think that you'll see them, you'll see them be very similar, in my opinion, Vince. Uh, so there's some carryover there. There's some differences, but there's also some carryover that you look at and say, yeah, I mean, there's there there's similar quarterbacks to compare each other to. There's no doubt about it. And you know, I, I think um I think one thing that Sam Hartman's going to have to do is is get a little better about I'm curious to see how quickly he can adapt to throwing against pressure from a more drop back type of system because he's had to like throw a lot of weird throws and throw pressure with guys in his face because that mesh takes him all the way down to the line of scrimmage well not only that but it takes him to the line and it's he's the line comes to him I mean I mean that that's what happens because the line is going to give ground especially you know, when they're doing that mesh. And so the line's giving ground at times and the line's giving ground the line's and coming he's to going him, forward. he's going towards it. Right. It, it's just, not, I don't right. understand the offense, but whatever. Right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
when he this year at, at uh, Wake Forest, when he had a clean pocket, his passing numbers, he completed 68.1% of his throws, 2,969 yards, 9.3 yards per attempt, 30 touchdowns, and seven picks. So when he was given a clean pocket, he was pretty good, Vince. He was pretty good. And so I think those are things that you look at and say, you know, hey, this is Notre Dame this past year, for example, Drew Pine completed 18.1 or I mean, excuse me, uh, averaged 8.1%, 8, 8. or good Lord. He averaged 8.1 yards per attempt on throw on throws where he's kept clean. Sam Hartman was a, as a 9.3. So cer- certainly better. And, and honestly, I think at times Sam Hartman was even better last year, you know, because he just, I, I don't know what it was. I think, I don't know if the missing time with the heart thing kind of threw off their sure. timing. The offensive line was really bad this year. I think that helped hurt as well. Had a little better supporting cast last year, you know. But you look at his numbers last year, Vince. I mean, he he completed fifty eight point nine percent of his throws. He had twenty two drop passes last year. That's a lot. That's a lot. So you take those away, and all of a sudden his numbers go way up. And I think this team will catch more balls than that one did, in my opinion. Tyler Evans with the super chat. Let's say Sam Hartman wins the co- the starting job twenty three schedule. What games do we have the quarterback edge over teams we play? And he hopes Tyler Buckner stays. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, everyone should hope that Tyler Buckner stays. I mean, everyone should hope that because Tyler Buckner is yeah. a really talented quarterback. And and you know, if he went, if he's the starting quarterback at Notre Dame again, he's going to win a lot of games, in my opinion, as long as he can stay healthy. I, I think Notre Dame has the quarterback edge regardless of who the starter is, even if it's Sam. Let's say Sam Hartman, because that's the premise of the question. I think Notre Dame has the quarterback edge in all the games except USC. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Uh, Navy, yes. Tennessee State, yes. Central Michigan, yes. Ohio State, potentially. Like Kyle McCord is gonna is very inexperienced, but Kyle McCord is really talented. Uh, you know, so I would say if Sam Harper's a quarterback, Ohio State will have the more talented quarterback. Will he be better? That's the question. Right. And we'll be three right. or four games in at that point. We'll be able right. to decide. Better doesn't always better, mean more yeah. talented. Better means sure. who's more effective. The quarterback That's going to depend. Right. That's going to depend on how quickly Kyle McCord gets up to speed. Right. So, uh, but, you know, they'll have – Clemson should be better. No name should be better than Clemson. Stanford, definitely yes. Louisville, definitely yes. NC State, definitely yes. Pitt, definitely yes. Uh, just because I don't know what to expect from Phil Dracovic at this point in time. I mean, right. he's just been beat up so much in his career. I don't know what to expect from him, but potentially there. And then right, the other one that we're not talking about that needs to be discussed a little bit is the kid at Duke is pretty was pretty good this year. He wasn't as good as Sam Hartman was, and he wasn't as good as what Tyler Buckner can be, but he's pretty good. How is he going to be in his second year running that offense? But then it's co- sort of like, but you're asking him, can he make a jump? He's got to make a jump to be better sure, than Sam Hartman. Sure. So to your point, Vince, the only school that I can say right now for sure right now that's going to have a better quarterback than Notre Dame is Sam is USC. But the gap just closed enormously from where Absolutely. it was when they played this year. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, that's all right. A fact. Next up, uh, Joe Medina with the super chat. Thank you very much. Will top tier quarterback recruits begin to view Reese as a guy who is incapable of developing homegrown quarterbacks if another transfer two times in three years is Notre Dame's starter? No, I don't think so. I mean, again, look. Are, do 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 those kids does does Lincoln Riley get that reputation? 
And Lincoln Riley's first two big time quarterbacks were both transfers. Right. They weren't homegrown. Right. They weren't guys he recruited. Now, Caleb Williams is homegrown. I'll give him that because, yes, he transferred to USC, but he transferred to USC transferred from with Oklahoma with yeah, him, right? right. Uh, but Jalen Hurts was a transfer. So did that scare off Caleb Williams? Or did it say, hey, this guy's really good at taking talented quarterbacks and producing really big-time offenses? That's what kids are going to care about. The kids aren't going to care about that they had to go to a starter or, I mean, a transfer. They're going to care about how did that transfer play. That's what they're going to care about. If Sam Hartman comes here and puts up numbers and their name wins a bunch of games, quarterbacks will be like, hey, dude, that offense is a place I can go put up some numbers. That's what they look at. The offense. Are you worried about them taking a the transfer? No, because I'm not going to – I'm not that dude. I'm not Drew Pine. Right, exactly. Right? And, and, again, yeah, why did they take a guy – well, yeah, Tyler Buckner got hurt. That's why they – you know, that that's the – that's. I mean, it's the spin, but it's the sometimes spin is – well, that's what actually what happened. That's the exactly. truth. Exactly, yeah. And so that's kind of yeah. a view it. So it, it honestly, the Joe, the question's fair. I mean, I get it. I think it's a very fair question. I just don't think it's going to matter if they produce. Now, if the transfer comes and it doesn't produce, then that conversation I think starts becoming like you went with a transfer guy over your guy and that's what you got. Like really your, your developed guys couldn't do any better than that. I think that's where you start seeing a problem, Joe. Sure. So fair question but it just depends on the production if the production is yeah. there then recruits aren't going to care it's and if, if recruits do are bothered by it you know who is going to like it the next transfer quarterback he's like dude did you see what sam hartman did last year right. yeah true and that's what happened with lincoln riley yeah you know it's like well have you seen what that guy does with, with offenses yeah so yeah it, it's got to produce that's the key the production's got to be there if the production's there joe then i think then i think it'll it'll be good it'll be a good selling point for notre dame that's absolutely. what they're going to care yeah. about. Yep, absolutely. Next super chat, ICURN with the Irish Luck. Second super chat, thank you very much. I like that AT Perry and Hartman were able to if they were able to do it Wake Forest, but a Hartman Dion slash Tobias combination should make you salivate. No doubt, no doubt. Well, see, he had a couple good receivers at Wake Forest this year. I, I actually really like Wake Forest receiving core, but if you look at it, Vince, it's a lot like Notre Dame's. I mean, it it really is. If you, if you look at the guys they have, you, you got At Perry, six five two oh five. He's a very Deion Colsey ish, Tobias Merriweather ish type yeah, of player. Similar, yep. Right. You've got Jamal Banks, who's six four two oh eight. He had forty two catches for six hundred thirty six yards and nine touchdowns. He's more of a Deion Colsey type, where At Perry is more of a Tobias Merriweather type. You know, so you look at Donovan Green, six two two ten, did a lot of damage from the slot. Who's that remind you of? Jaden Thomas, right? And, yep. and you know, and then you've got Taylor uh, Morin, who's a short, quick guy. You know, like, okay, I don't know who that would be. You know, ma- the running backs maybe, right? But, like, there's yeah, a lot of similarities Ray. between yeah. – like, Notre Dame has a lot of what they have, you know? And so, yeah, that's a – I'm with you on that. I, but I think yeah. that's partly why you are attracted to this guy is because you know you're going to be taking more one-on-one shots next year. Now the receiver's got to do a better job of making plays in those balls. Absolutely. Dion did a bad job on his one. That 50-50 route. ball. Yeah, yeah he let that ride him out of bounds and then yeah. didn't make a play on the ball. But he'll get better at it. Yeah. So yeah. those are the things you look at and say, boy, if you can if you can get him connecting deep down the field with those guys. I mean, and here's the thing is you're going to be doing that against – he was doing that against teams that knew they were throwing the football. That's the thing is like you're it's not it's not apples to apples when you talk about the offense he played in compared to Notre Dame. He was taking those shots against teams that were dropping seven guys in the coverage and dropping eight guys in the coverage. And Notre Dame, he's doing that with a lot of one-on-ones because their teams are still gonna be like, hey, dude, we still gotta figure out a freaking way to stop Audrick Estime, Logan Diggs, and Chris Tyree and Janarian Price and Jeremiah Love and this offensive line. 
Exactly. You know what I mean? And yes. so then all of a sudden you're putting eight in the box and Sam Hartman's running a play action fake and he's taking a one-on-one shot and he's putting it on the dime. And, and he's this just is a kid smiling the whole yes. time. Like, I mean, this is not a kid that's going to be afraid to. Th- right. Please don't take this as a shot at Drew. He was a young kid. It was first year starter. Maybe Sam makes the same mistake when he was the same age. But where Sam is now, when they're playing USC and you run that play where he got intercepted, what was it? 30. What was the score at that time, Vince? It was 31 to 20, right? But there was a good amount of time left. And they're going to go down and score. It's a ball game. You get Absolutely. one stop, you got a chance to win it. And on that play, they got intercepted. They had a cut, and Drew had played really well for the most, except that one turnover for, up to that point in time in the game, right? But the mistake you made was you had Deion Colsey open in that two cover two hole, and Drew was just unwilling to make that throw. Right. He was wide. So he scrambles open. around and throws across his body. Sam Hartman's drilling that two hole throw. Yep. Absolutely. And how do I know that? Because I've seen him do it a hundred times. Right. Hyper, a little bit hyperbolic with that, but I've seen him do it a bunch of times, right? He sees a guy would he sees Braden Lindsay with a step on a defender like we saw a million times this year. He's throwing that sucker. He doesn't need to wait and be like, I don't know if he's open yet. He's gonna do what Tyler did in the bowl game, which is I know where he's supposed to be. I gotta get this ball out. I trust my guy to go make a play. So those are the things where you start to get excited about it. But for Sam's part, you're gonna get a lot more one-on-one looks this year at Notre Dame if you win the job than what you ever saw at Wake Forest. Because this team's going to run the football. And they're not going away from that. They're not going to turn into this spread it out, though, for 5,000 yards, never running the football team. No. That's not what they sold to Sam. You're going to come in here. We need you to be super efficient. We need you to get the ball down the field, get the ball to the playmakers. We're going to protect you with our line. We're going to protect you with the run game. You know, so instead of at Wake Forest, so, like, you look at his passing numbers, Vince, right? So this year he threw 428 passes. You look at his pass attempts, like, 33, 27, 44 against uh, 29, 34, 22, 40, 44, 48, 31, 43, 42, 36. Those aren't the numbers they're going to want him to have. The numbers they're going to want him to have are like the numbers he had against Clemson. 20 of 29, 337 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, Six touchdowns is much. Okay, so like 20 of 29 for 295 yards and three touchdowns. That's what they're going to want from him. And that's where if Notre Dame's doing that because they're efficient, you know, high yards per attempt, high completion percentage, taking your shots when they're there, just like he did against Clemson, and they're running the ball the way the Notre Dame's going to run the ball. How do you stop that? Like, what would Sam Hartman have done to Navy? Like, second half, they're trying to bring all those pressures. He's done, right? He would have you. You've had a you'd had a better shot beating Ohio State. Now, would you have beat Ohio State? I don't know. I'm just saying you'd have had a little better shot winning that game. You don't lose to Stanford. You don't lose to Marshall. I mean, just look at this particular team. You're at worst 10-2 and two with Sam Hartman at quarterback. I think you're 11-1, and one, maybe at 12-0 and 0 with this team, the way the schedule played out. Maybe. I'd say probably 11-1, and 10-2 is more likely. Sure. Would you agree with that, Vince? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Because there were some other issues on the team. You couldn't run the right. ball early, right. your defense, and all that kind of stuff. But you're 10-2 and two at, at worst. Next year's team – Two of the three teams that you probably lose to this year, if you go 10 to 2, you're getting at home next year. Exactly. And two of those three aren't going to have their quarterback from this year back. And it really hurts Ohio State because I love Kyle McCord's talent, but he's not going to be CJ Stroud by game four. Exactly. With all due respect. Yeah, no, no. So, you know, it's going to be a battle, but it's just like you, you look and say, well, that's a, a more manageable game. So they're, they're going to be a much more balanced team, and, and Notre Dame's not going to be an easy team to beat. 
if they can if if Sam can translate into the offense the way that I think he is. There's again, that's what we're we're working with that assumption that he can make that. It's not a guarantee he's going to make that assumption. It's not a guarantee he's going to beat out Tyler Buckner. I'll say this though, Sam Hartman. I'm going to say this, Vince, and I want to get your opinion on this. You can take down that super chat because this is not necessarily related to that. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask people in the, in the chat to tell me if they agree or disagree with this. All right. The excitement here about Sam Hartman is Sam Hartman raises the floor enormously for Notre Dame's offense and team next year. Raises the floor enormously. That's why I'm fired up about that. The reason I really want Tyler Buckner to stay is because if Tyler beats out Sam Hartman, he raises the ceiling even higher because he's so dynamic that if he can play efficient enough football to then win the job, because Tyler Buckner's going to beat out Sam Hartman because he's dynamic. He's going to beat out Sam Hartman because he proves he can he can also be efficient and do the simple things and lead the offense and, and, and manage the offense the way that a veteran quarterback can. If he can do that, the ceiling is greater and they don't lose a game next year. If Tyler Buckner beats out Sam Hartman, because it's going to, because of what it's going to mean about how his game is improved. Now, what I'm not saying is if Sam doesn't come and Tyler stays and he's your starter, you're going to go 12 and 0 next year. I'm not saying that because Tyler would have been the starter kind of by default. Absolutely Who's going to beat him out? By default. Absolutely what I'm saying is default. if Tyler is good enough and makes the improvements to beat Sam out, that means he's finally tapped into his five star potential. And that means he's better at what Sam Hartman is really good at. Right. He got better. Or than. he's at least gotten. Or is he at least even, and then you add the dynamic Even if it's like right and, here. And it makes him better. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Completely agree with that. Right. And that's that's why I pray that Tyler Buckner doesn't go anywhere. And I, that I hope right. that he sticks this out. And I have no reason to believe that he's not. Okay? I'm not I'm not hinting around at anything. I'm not beating around the bush. We're just being realistic We're to being when realistic. kids get brought in, right? And, and the, way, the way the world is right now in college football, it's just incredibly easy to cut bait and leave. Right. It just is, right? I hope he sticks around because however this thing plays out, even if he has to sit behind Sam for a year, I think the learning will be invaluable for him for what then he can do in 24 and potentially 25. But if he does beat out Sam Hartman for this job, if he does, and that's a that's an if right now, we don't know how this thing is going to go, then I agree with you wholeheartedly. Not only has, this, has the floor been raised incredibly high because of Sam Hartman coming in, the ceiling will be even higher with Tyler Buckner because he is a right. more dynamic quarterback than right. Sam Hartman is. He just from a potential than most quarterbacks are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's why we're so enamored with him in the first place and what he's able to bring to the table. And we saw what he can do dynamically in the game in the Gator Bowl. It's one game. It's in a vacuum. I get it. He's going to have to be able to do that in every game. And, and mm-hmm. on top of that, not have the turnovers and all of that. I get right. all of that. I'm not saying that he's ready to be that guy right now. Right. That's why we're saying it was important to bring in Sam Hartman because Sam Hartman sets the floor. Yes. And if Tyler Buckner can't get to that floor, then you can't start. start. Absolutely. But if you don't bring in Sam Hartman, he is by, he is the starter moving forward. There's no way Steve Angeli or Kenny Menchie beat out Tyler Buckner. No. It only, the only way this happens if he gets hurt. That's it. Absolutely. And then you're, then we're having a completely different conversation. And then you, but what you don't know from that version, number one, does Tyler get pushed the same way that he will right. battling Sam Harbin? No, sure. he wouldn't. No, he's clearly the best quarterback in the room if Sam Harbin doesn't come. Correct. So does he deal the way he needs to? Right. We don't know. Right. Is he ready to be that efficient guy? Because what, what I can promise you is if Tyler Buckner is a 12-game starter next year, 
there'd be some games you're like, dude, if he plays like this every week, nobody beats this team. Undefeated. But then he's going to have weeks you're like, dude, how did that game happen? Right. Like, what was that? Right. You know, and... I agree. You don't know if... But if he's good enough to beat out Sam Hartman, you know that you at least you feel comfortable, but those games aren't there anymore because he wouldn't have had to develop the efficiency needed to be the starter. Right. The playmaking ability is obvious. It's always been obvious. Right. And it was even more obvious in the bowl game because we hadn't really seen him be that as the starter. Right. Right. And he finally showed as a starter, he can make those insane plays that he made in high school and that he, he showed that he can do what to sec teams, what he did in high school. Cause that was always the knock, right? Well, he did that stuff in high school against terrible competition. Okay, cool. But he just did it against an sec team, not an elite sec team, but Hey, I keep being told that sec is eight teams deep every year. Right. Well, I mean, and they're better than the competition he was facing as a junior in high school. Right. So, clearly. I mean, clearly. Can we just yeah. can we can we at least agree on that for the love right. of all that's good. Okay. Right. Here we go. Next up, Jordan. Uh for the mailbag, knowing that Notre Dame is pushing hard for that elite portal transfer, does that give you more hope that Marcus Freeman is paying attention to Al Washington? Do you think Marcus Freeman has taken over the the D-line portal recruiting? No, I don't think he has. I think he needs to, but I don't think he has. At least not yet. He needs to because I'm just not leaving any recruiting right now up to Al Washington. That's fair. Recruiting. That's fair. And we know that Marcus Freeman has his hand in all the recruiting, but I think he needs to have a heavier hand in the defensive line of recruiting at yeah. the moment. Big time. I think that's fair. Big time. Jordan's got another question here. He says, do you think it's a possibility that Marcus Freeman could let go of Al Golden, hopefully back to the NFL, and then take the reins on as defensive coordinator himself, like Jimbo did for the offense in his career? I highly doubt that. I mean, look, I've, I'm have i not opposed to that. I've said that in the past. We've talked I, about it. We've talked I, about it. That would have been my preference, honestly, um, based on some of the options that were on the table. But uh, he, I don't think he has any interest in doing that honestly. And I'm okay with that. The the one thing I would challenge him to do, I would really want to challenge him to consider coaching the linebackers, hiring a GA that can take over some of those duties sure. in certain parts of practice so that you, and, and, and having a, a defensive coordinator that can maybe take over them in certain parts of practice, maybe. So you can then go make sure you're checking on the offense and the special teams and all that kind of stuff. But I would at least consider that because Nick Saban coached corners for a long time at Alabama, but he's not other doing than, it now, but yes, yeah, he did. I agree. Right. But that's, that's the only thing I would consider. I, I, I think that ship has kind of sailed a little bit on that. I think there's good defensive coordinators out there and I don't think we should quite necessarily give up on our golden yet. I mean, it's one year. It wasn't like it was horrible. It just wasn't as good as it's been in the past. It was still a top 30 yeah. ish defense in my opinion. It was, it just wasn't as good as it, is it needed to be or could have been and that kind of thing. But it's not like I've, I've heard people compare him to Brian McGordon. I'm like, I, that's just insane. Like Brian McGordon was one of the worst football coaches <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Right. You know, Al Golden's issue this year is he wasn't as good as Clark Lee, Mike Elko and Marcus Freeman. Right. You know, that, that, that's the knock on him. Sure. Uh, you know, sure. like you said, Notre Dame still had the number 32 defense in the country on the, in the efficiency standpoint. That's right. not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not good not enough. Good enough. Exactly. Right. And that, and that right. was the argument we had last night. Like that was good. in year one after not having been a coordinator in 20 years, you know? So let's give the guy a chance Especially to college yeah, to grow and develop. And now he's got to show that he's willing, he's willing to make changes as every coach should. Right. But 
you know, again, this he's not this guy's not a bum, so I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on firing him. I know we've got a lot of these questions, but I want to spend sure. a lot of time on that. If that move is made, then we'll discuss it. Then we'll have that. To, yeah, but exactly. I'd rather talk about what Al Golden needs to do a better job of moving forward as right. a coach and a recruiter. That's important. All right, next up, Leighton Borkholder. I was listening to Josh Pate, and apparently he thinks it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Tyler Buckner will transfer. What is that all about? I have I don't I don't know Josh Pate. I've only became aware of Josh Pate recently. I've listened to a couple of shows and he does a good job. He said it seems like everybody knows that. Uh, I don't know that. So I, say, I don't know that either. I'm not going to speak for him because I don't I don't know him and I'm just not going to speak for him. So I'll let Josh answer that one if somebody wants to ask him. But my understanding is it's not a foregone conclusion that he leaves. Could he leave? Sure, sure he could. Is it a foregone conclusion like it was said in that clip? Because I saw the clip you're talking about. Uh, no, it's not, as far as I know. Unless he knows something that I don't and every other person I know uh, knows. <laughs> Is go. it a possibility? Sure. I think it's more uh, – no, I'm going to speak for him. I'll let him answer it. I just – Works for me. Next up from Pasquale. With the ability to get experienced players via the transfer portal, has Notre Dame given their last – four-year scholarship to a high school specialist kicker punter long snapper let's see here it's possible i mean they i was actually somewhat surprised that they went to the portal for a punter and a kicker this offseason i was because i thought that they were pretty high on the kid that they brought in the punter that they brought in who was a freshman this year Mm -hmm. and you know uh josh bryan is a decent kicker like i was surprised they went for both in this yeah. season. So maybe that Josh, Josh Bryan, I kind of understand. Yeah. Cause he doesn't he's have a strong like, leg. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't. And he's not super mm-hmm. accurate, but the thing about, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think that's going to be the case because the thing with Bryce McPherson is Bryce, Mc, Bryce McPherson, you know, I, no, I just, I don't think that's the case. Cause I don't think you can guarantee that I think you're going to go to the portal because you don't have a guy on your roster that you're comfortable with at that time. If there's a high school kid that's really good, then they're going to take that guy. Because you can't guarantee me that you're going to get a scholarship kid every year or, or a, a kid who's a scholarship year, a scholarship player somewhere else to pay to come to Notre Dame. Right. You very much narrow your, your list. And I don't think that the uh, getting experienced players and getting guys that are productive as experienced players is necessarily the same. I don't think you can look at Blake Groupie and say that his level of production was as good as what we saw from John Sott. Right. Right. So unless Harvard's got a kid every year, which, you know, (laughs) they've kind of done well with Ivy league punters the last two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But kickers wise, I mean, they've gotten kids from state schools. I think you can always rely on that. Spencer Schrader just wanted to go to Notre Dame. You can't rely that there's going to be a kid like that every year. You can right. find a high school kid that you can have be your kicker for four years. I'd, I think they'd still rather do that. It's just they so haven't staying, seen that guy out there. Then there's still a chance for Dylan. I like it. All right, here we go. <laughs> I still want to crush your your spirit, you know. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's a, it's a New Year's present for me. All right, Nick Lane says, what is Sam Hartman's ceiling and comp? We've kind of talked about this a little bit, but yeah. you want to address I mean, it. I think the ceiling as a team with Sam Hartman is 10 and 2. I mean, excuse me, the floor is 10 and 2. I think the ceiling is he's a kid that if other pieces around him get worked out correctly can lead you to the playoff and give you a shot to compete for a championship. I, I truly believe that. 
He's not a kid that's going to put a team on his shoulders for an entire year the way that Trevor Lawrence did. But I don't think he needs to right. do that. I don't day. think he does either. I, I don't. And so it's like, you got to make plays. We need you to make plays. I need you to run the offense. I need you to be a leader. Right. I need you to, you know, get the ball where it needs to go. You know, do what Jack Cohn did, but be better at it. Because I think right. he's got more talent than Jack does, especially mobility-wise alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, makes him a, sure. a better threat than Jack was. Yeah, And I loved Jack. I mean, you know how excited I was about that. I think Sam Hartman, to me, grades out better. He's a better deep ball thrower. He's he's better. He's he's just got more velocity. I just I think kid can play. Yeah, and and honestly, I didn't have that view. Like when Jack went in the portal, I was immediately I love Jack Cohn immediately because I I saw the potential and sure. But Sam Hartman, I was not because I, I was the opposite. Past I was the opposite. I could not of you. get past that mesh. <laughs> yeah, I could not get past that mesh. And just some of the back that I watched the Louisville game. That was bad. And I think he had like eight turnovers in that game as a team he had like four picks in that game you know it, it was it was rough so that was part of it too but i tried to have an open mind about it the more i had an open mind about it the more i watched the kid play the more i realized like this kid fitting into the notre dame defense is going to be really good like, really good all right tom spagnolo says if both sides of the ball reach its potential which side would you consider to be more dominant and lead us to a national championship Let's see if both sides reach its potential. I actually think the offense has always had better talent than the defense. Almost always has had better talent than their defense. Would you agree with that, Vince? I mean, 2018, like the offense the had board. way more NFL players on that side of yeah. the ball than the defense, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like high level NFL players. 2015, for sure. So, yeah, I just, I've always felt like the defense had more talent or the offense had more talent. The defense has always been coached better. I, I think that if the offense reaches its full potential and the defense reaches its full potential, the offense will be the more dominant group because I think a great offense benefits even more from a great defense than a a great defense benefits from a great offense. Sometimes a great offense can actually be some of a hindrance to a great defense. Because they score too fast and they're on the field too long. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. right? You know? Right. So, yeah, from I agree with you. production standpoint. You know, no, yeah. I, I agree with you. And – you know, you want to talk about leading to a national championship. I mean, it's kind of a dead horse, but you have to score to win a national championship. And that's been the piece that's missing. And so I feel like if the defense is here, the offense needs to leapfrog the defense into, you know, leading so that they can put those points on the board. And right. and I'm not saying the defense is going to be an afterthought because you need a defense too, right? right? You need both sides of the ball. But the storyline is going to be the offense and how they're scoring points and right. who's scoring those points and what it looks like. So I, I agree. It's, agree. it's the offense. Agree. Our buddy John A1 says, it seems the O-line is the position group that requires the most patience when developing talent. But what are other positions that require a lot of patience? Quarterback. Yeah, that's another one. Safety. Linebacker. And I'd put linebacker ahead of safety. Okay. Those are the ones for me that require a lot of patience. The the, the positions that require patience are, are are twofold. Defensive tackle is another one. Unless you're like a dude. Yeah. But I say defensive line as a whole. Positions that require kind of big boy size and strength. Mm-hmm. And positions that require higher level thinking. And that's why safety is that one. That's linebackers linebacker. like that. Yeah. 
quarterback. Those are corner, the mental ones. Corner, right. wide receiver. You can just kind of go play to a degree. You, now, you always do- want to. What of we're st- we're all you always want a guy that's like Benjamin Benjamin Morrison's a very high fil- high IQ football player, right? But let's be real, he wasn't a freshman All American because he's wicked smart, right? He was a freshman All American because he's wicked smart and really talented, mm-hmm. right? Like there's kids that are wicked smart at the Division three level that would get torched all day at this level because they're just not physically talented enough, right? Right? He's great because he's that combination of really athletic and talented and really smart. And some guys aren't that way. Right. And so agreed. The great players are both. But to Vince's point, um, at some positions, Vince, defensive end, if you're just really stupidly talented, you can go play that position. Sure. Sure. You know, yeah. running backs that way. Yes. Wide receivers, wide, that, wide way. receivers that way. Yeah. yeah. Especially now. It wasn't always that way, but it right. definitely is now. Yeah, I agree. Milton fan, our favorite uh, in-house Mishawaka fan, I do believe. What are the differences in skill sets for corner and safety? Are they interchangeable or are they more specific traits for each one? And my guess is this is in regards to the potential move that we've talked about. Sure. Um, yeah, so that, that's my that's my guess as to where this one it, comes from. Guy, It can be interchangeable. It's more of individual. Some players are interchangeable. I don't think corner and safety are necessarily interchangeable by themselves in all defenses. <clears throat> now, in some defenses, Vince, that are more cover one, there is some interchangeableness to the positions because you have to cover wherever you line up. I think safety is a position that requires more range, different skill set. Right. It doesn't require as much pure speed as corner does. It requires range. Range and speed are not always the same thing. Correct. Kyle Hamilton proved that. Kyle Hamilton wasn't fast, but he covered a lot of ground because he was a yep. long strider and he was yep. instinctive. And he made real and he, he took right. very good angles. Right. You know, that's all part right. of covering ground. Right. Yeah. Safety has to see more. I mean, corners just kind of like here to here at corner. I mean, you're here yeah. to inside, and that's it. Safety kind of has to see everything. There's a lot more communication required from the sure. safety position. Uh, you need to be more physical as a safety in every aspect of the game. You got to be more physical, physical tackler. You, you're going to be lined up against tight ends at time yep. and man coverage. You're going to be taking on running backs more frequently than you will at cornerback. Cornerbacks can't be soft, but you look, Deion Sanders right. had a Hall of Fame career as someone who never wanted to tackle. And he wasn't very good at it. No. But he didn't need he to didn't be. want to be. He didn't need, he to, didn't be. need to be. Agreed. Yeah. You can't absolutely. be a great safety and not want to tackle. Right. Like, you know, so like that's a, the physicality aspect of it is is different. You know, Dion couldn't be that guy playing cover two because in cover two, you got to be more physical. Sure. But of course, if you're playing cover two and you have Dion Sanders, a cornerback, you're an idiot as a coach. <laughs> so you shouldn't There's that be. too. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't think you need to be. I don't think your hips need to be quite as fluid at, at safety as correct. they do at corner. It's ideal if you can have that. Of course. Yeah, you, you can get away with it much more so yeah. there. You can get it like, just like you can get away with being a step slower right. at safety than at corner. Right. For sure. But are they interchangeable? To a degree. Yeah. To a degree. Like uh, safety has to be a guy that can keep everything in front of him. That's why I've always felt, that's why Julian Love has made such a good NFL safety. I've talked to people that like are Giants fans. They're like, boy, he's really good. He's really productive. I don't, I don't watch him. So, this is just kind of repeating what others tell me in all transparency. And, and they've said, but you know, he's really good. And I'm like, I'm not surprised because why was Julian love so good at Notre Dame? Cause it was, cause he, the way that they used him in coverage, he kept everything in front of him. That's a yeah. really smooth transition to corner. Yeah. What they asked Benjamin Morrison to do is not a smooth transition to safety. I mean, I said transition to corner. I meant transition to safety for Julian love. 
what Benjamin Morrison does does not translate to safety. Right. It's pure corner skill. Now, could he play safety? Eventually. Yeah. You have to fill out his frame a little bit. I don't want him coming down in the alleys and tackling all day. Kittle's going to get hurt. Right. But eventually, maybe. Yeah. But no, he's a corner. He's a pure corner. He's not afraid to get physical, right. which I do right. love about him. And and so you, I wouldn't put him at safety. No, I wouldn't either. Just like Kyle Hamilton is a, is a really good pure safety. I would in Harrison Smith, best safety the last 10, 15 years, according to some people. Yeah. Would never dream of putting them a corner ever. Right. So they're not always translatable. They can be with certain players. Yeah. They can. Eric Berry was a really good college, was a really good corner early in his career in college before transitioning to safety and, and became a great safety. Right. He's got a cornerback body, but his skill set was such that he can make that move and be a great player at safety as well. So for some, it is. Charles Parson, is there a player on the roster that can step up and become that impact player for a championship defense? Oh, sure. I mean, there's a lot, Charles. I mean, who will they be? I don't I don't know who will step up, but like Riley Mills could be that guy. Josh Burnham could be that guy. Jordan Patelho could be that guy. Uh, Tyson Ford could be that guy if he has a big jump. I think that Jalen Steed could be that guy. Nolan Ziegler could be that guy. Trying to save your Watts could be that guy. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent coming in. That's and I'm not even getting into the freshman class. Yeah, as I say, there's I, a lot I, of talent Drake coming Bowen in. Could be that guy just because right. of his attitude. Jay Nalsbury, yeah. you know, Christian Gray. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. but it, whether they will step up or not, it's a different question. Right. But right. there's the t- the talent is there certainly, certainly. Ninety nine. Aiden another one. Sorry, I didn't think about okay. Aiden Govira's another one. Yeah, it's a really talented kid. 99 problems, but BK ain't one. Join the show an hour late. This might have been covered, but what has been going on with Lorenzo Styles? I mean, no disrespect. We already covered it, man. So sorry, you're too late. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We didn't cover it. We didn't cover it at um, all. Well, why yeah. couldn't he catch the ball this past season? It was odd. <laughs> uh, I think it's just in his head. Yeah. I just think, I think too. He, he, because I was actually told, Vince, and, and you had mentioned this to me, but I was told by a couple buddies, a good friend of mine gets to go to practices that I don't get, to get access to, or you get access to, or anybody else in the media gets access to. Mm. But he would say things like that, like, yeah, Styles really had problems catching the ball. And I had another guy who is a graduate at Notre Dame that's a member of our uh, board who said that Styles had issues catching the ball in practice. And so I just think once it happened, it got in his head, and then his attitude wasn't where it needed to be this mm-hmm. year. He he didn't he didn't handle the need to be the guy very well. I don't think he interacted with his teammates in always the most healthy fashion this year. I just think it just snowballed, but it was all a mental thing, really. Yeah. No, and that can happen for receivers, just like you know Chuck Knobloch's a Gold Glove Hall, you know, All Pro second baseman. All of a sudden. He, he gets the make, yips. Oh, he couldn't make the throw from second base. Yeah. I mean, Rick Ann Keels, one of the best up and coming prospects in all of Major League Baseball as a pitcher. And then he just, he lost it. Lost it. It was all in his head. Yeah. He could go to move to center field and throw a dime from center field to home plate and the ball doesn't hit the ground or one hops. And you're just like, what a gorgeous throw. But you put him on the mound and he couldn't do it anymore. Nope. And it's, it's mental. Yeah. It just gets in your head. I mean, he was, he, Lorenzo was fighting the football. Like oh, when yeah. it would, I mean, he clearly. was fighting the football with his, I mean, it was yeah. an issue now it's clear. And it was clearly in his head. Can he, can he get out of it? It's possible. And I think that that's going to be a, a, a major thing for Chancey Stuckey moving forward, you know, in this off season is, can you get Lorenzo styles back to being the Lorenzo styles that we saw in the Fiesta bowl? You know, can, yeah. can he get back to that? I think he can, but it only it remains if to be he seen. Does. He could be really good. 
He can be really good. It elevates this wide receiver room big time, you know, but it's also possible that he doesn't, you know, that sometimes guys just can't fight that off. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I think I agree with you hundred percent. It's definitely mental. I want to make a comment here, Vince. Can you take that one down real quick? So, you know, a lot of questions about this kid's getting offered by Notre Dame in the portal. Let me just explain something to you with a lot of these kids, Notre Dame can't get in the game without an offer. And so if they even want to talk to the kid, they got to throw out an offer if they want to have any shot. So that's why you're seeing a lot of these kids get offered. I I, I know of one player, for example, that I talked with a source with last night that has an offer, but they're like, we're not sure if we take him or not yet. Why offer him? Because if we don't, we don't even get the chance to get in the game to where we can make a decision whether we want to take him or not. The decision is made for us. And so that's why I say I'll I'll let you guys know on the board if a guy's a legitimate option or not. Otherwise, there's just a lot of kids out there. It's just like high school offers. Right. Not every kid that gets an offer from Notre Dame is a committable one. It's not a committable offer, exactly. Right. That's the key. So um, like Lady Swan's Andrew Anthony, is Notre Dame interested in him? I'm sure. Otherwise, they wouldn't have offered him. But you know, see a guy that they're gonna make a push for, we'll find out. You know, so yeah. And when we'll find when, out. when does the and I saw this question earlier, when does the portal closed as far as I this think theory. it's around the 18th. I okay. think. Okay. I think that's it. I could All be right. wrong, but I think it's around, but it's like in the next couple weeks. Right. I know it's it in January. I just right. didn't know. And then exactly. it opens up again after spring ball. Right. Right. So, so, yeah. so things will settle down at a little, yep. you know, middle of January. Thank goodness. I know. Right. That's, that's kind of why I was asking you, yeah. but that's, you know, all right. Tommy guns jumping in. So speaking of Batelho, how is his off season going so far? Well, the off season has been a week. Yeah, I mean, uh, seriously, they're, they're not even a week. They're not even a week I was gonna say, out, after the season. Like, I don't know. Tomorrow. He's out in Hawaii. I'll fly out there and see how he's doing. Um, uh, are his off-the-field issues fully behind him now? I, I don't think you can ever assume that they're fully behind him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, you hope so. You hope yes. he's grown up a lot, right? And he is on the team the whole year. That's a win for him. Right. He wasn't suspended at all this year like he was last year. It's a win for him. I hope that they are Vince because we saw the thing is we've never, we've never said the kid's not good. Right. The kid's always had ability. It's just, could he keep his head on straight? Mm -hmm. That was the question. And so, I mean, until that happens, you know, and you got to be excited about what he can bring to the table. You just, you're always nervous that this is, is this the day that he does something that's going to make him not be able to be part of the team anymore. Right. We haven't heard I haven't heard of that in a while, a little while. So hopefully that's good. But I hope it means that. But I just he's one of those kids that I'm never gonna fully say, hey, um boy, this kid's just you know he's got it. It's I got no concerns got anymore. Right. Right. You know? right. And that's fair. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna say that comparison because that would be unfair. Jeremy Bonk, does Thomas Harper have a chance to come over from Oklahoma State and start next year for Notre Dame? Uh, he sort of, so that that's a kid that we updated last time on the message board. He's kind of a nickel safety kind of mm-hmm. guy. Does he have a chance to start? Yes. Are they, are they recruiting him necessarily to guarantee a spot? No. Uh, potentially is, I think the position he'd have the best chance to, to play right away, Vince is the nickel spot. Okay. Cause I think Notre Dame would like to kind of find more of a safety body at the nickel. Uh, Tariq Bracey was so good in that position this year, right. but at the same time, there was times you couldn't use Tariq because he was just so small. You couldn't use him necessarily all the time against teams that wanted to run the ball more. And so um, 
I think Thomas Harper can run. He can really run. And I got a lot more film to do of him as a football player, but I, the athleticism's there. Uh, but he'd be more of a nickel guy that could also play safety. But nickel's where he'd have the best shot immediately to come in and play and then potentially battle to be also in the safety rotation. Gotcha. As I think sense. how they're looking for him to kind of come in and compete for that one. But, yeah, he'd have a shot to do that. He's not a kid they're bringing in just for depth. Okay. He, he would have a shot to compete. For you ready for an Ohio State question? Sure. I know you are. Buddy Archer has a question. He says, reports are that Ryan Day will relinquish play-calling duties next year. Who would you hire as the next uh, Ohio State OC, given that info? I mean, I think you got to go with Brian Hartline. Otherwise, you, you might lose him. Someone's going to hire Brian Hartline as an offensive coordinator here really soon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I think at Ohio State, I think it'd be the ideal scenario because you'd still have Ryan Day there to help groom him sure. as an offensive coordinator. And so um, I'll kind of believe that when I see it. I know he's saying that, but we'll see. You know, we'll see if that actually holds true. I've seen coaches like Ryan Day before that that really are confident in their play calling abilities, Vince, that say they're going to do that. And then, like, by the middle of the second game, <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah okay. like coach either shut up or call the plays you know what right. i mean like you can't just be in my <laughs> right. ear constantly telling me what to call either you do it or let me right. do it right and uh <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's funny irish blooded says playoff teams excluded which would which team would you have really liked to see notre dame in a bowl game against for me it's penn state i think that would have been a really good game i, I, I think state. i think we have to take this question as a we can't look at bowl like connections and like yeah. just who would you have rather see who would you like to see the correct play, you know because it was very limited when you talk about which bowl notre dame was going to go to and then who they were going to be able to play so that's a good question um just oklahoma so i could have watched notre dame pound them into oblivion that'd have been fun um <laughs> Same thing with Oregon. I don't know. Um, I was going to say, Oregon, I wouldn't have minded that matchup. I think that one of them. I just, I don't, Notre Dame doesn't get a lot of value out of beating Oregon. I don't think. That's fair. It gives Oregon more credibility than it would give Notre Dame. But it would have been, if they could have pounded them, that would have been fun to see. I feel the same way, though, about, and I realize it's not what we picked, but, like, I feel the same way about South Carolina. I feel like Notre Dame should have won that game. They did. South Carolina could have gotten a lot more tread out of beating sure. Notre Dame than the other way around. But I think that's the case a lot of times. I get that, but here's the difference. That's an SEC team, and that's, there's always going to be that fair. part of you know in, mm-hmm. in these conversations. So that's fair. I, uh, that's kind of where I, that's kind of how I look at it, honestly, Vince. I mean, you know, who would I have wanted? I mean, honestly, it's hard to say. Other than the playoff teams, I mean, it would have been the spiteful part of me. But there just weren't a lot of great teams that would inspire great – like Tennessee, that would have been one. You know, I, I, you know how I feel about playing Tennessee. I'd love to play Tennessee. Sure. That would have been one. I've always wanted to watch Notre Dame and UCLA play a game because to see those – you know, I, I, like when they played in 06, I, I loved – in 07, I loved the gold helmet – the dueling gold helmets and the dueling blues. and But that's just not for – I mean, you know, I think Tennessee probably would be the one for me, Vince, that I'd want to see um, just as a – boy, I'd really like to see that that matchup against that team and sure. what it would have meant. Now, look, they beat the team that crushed Tennessee. That's true. Right. Tennessee was still ranked seventh or sixth in the, in the right. rankings. And that still would have, you know, been a better in that regard, but that'd probably I, be my pick. I think, and this is going to sound petty and I don't care. And I know it would never happen, but I would have loved to see a rematch with USC with Tyler Buckner at the helm. I think that would have been fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd have been a good one. And again, I realize that would never happen. They're not going to put no, a rematch. No. It just happened two weeks. Well, I mean, know, if but... the if the fits were, I mean, if the bowl right. connections were right, sure. But yeah, yeah. that would have been fun for me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. All right, Archer's back in the batter's box here. Is next year a make or break year for Tommy Reese? Given the talent on offense, got to feel like he makes the O take a big jump, or he's looking for a new job in twelve months. One you were going to take first crack at that, Vince? I don't think he's on the hot seat like he's going to get fired. Now, if the offense takes a step backwards sure, with everything that we just talked about <clears throat> over the last two hours and they take a step back, then I think you have to have a uh, maybe a tough conversation does happen. But if they take the step forward that we anticipate, then no, his seat is not hot. But if they take a step backwards with the quarterback being where it's at, with the offensive line being where it's at, the running back room where it's at, the elevation of the wide receiver room, then yeah, I think that you have that conversation. But I don't know that he's looking for a job in 12 months unless it's just a bad regression. He'd have to, yeah. It'd have to be a bunch of Stanford games next year. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It would. Or so. just a total misuse of the talent. Yeah. Like something right. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, Larry O'Donnell, can you do a breakdown video of Sam Hartman's play specifically centered around his third down play and how that translates more effectively to what Notre Dame runs on offense? We will do something like that at some point, but it will be on the message board only. It won't be on a show like this because we can't can't monetize it. We can't do, yeah, exactly. Copyright laws, model, stuff like that. Yep. All right, Irish blooded with the question: do you, What do you think of the two quarterback system next year, and how would you realistically use them both, if at all, next season? Vince, I'll let you take first crack at this because I know you have very strong feelings on the two quarterback system. I do. I normally I'm well, hundred percent against it. I am not a fan of the two quarterback system. I don't think that I, I do subscribe to the theory of you have two, you've got none, kind of a situation. Now, I think that Notre Dame did a decent job of working in Tyler Buckner uh, during the um, during the cone year, right? I, I think that they did a decent job because their skill sets were so different. I don't know that Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner's skill sets are so different that it gives you a leg up to bring in Tyler Buckner. Now, could he be a red zone thing? Could it be something along those lines? Maybe. But I just, as much as I love Tyler Buckner, if he is beat out for the job, I think you ride Sam Hartman and you give Tyler Buckner opportunities in blowouts and all of that kind of thing. I don't know that I would go to the two-quarterback system unless there's just a clear and visible difference that I can bring in and have an advantage with Tyler Buckner. And I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, first of all, I think people saying that there's no chance Tyler Buckner starts this year are just – that's inaccurate. I absolutely agree with that. Um, am I putting my money on that? No, of course not. But the, but trust me, he's going to get a shot start, and it would not shock me if he beat him out. Tyler Buckner's really talented kid. Sam mm-hmm. Hartman knows it. I see. I I disagree with the events because I think Tyler Buckner's skill set is such that you can find ways to get him on the field. I just feel like his running ability makes it to where, even if it's in the red zone, if there's got to be some package that you've got to get, he's too talented of a football player not to find a home for. That's fair. And I think one of the things that football as a sport has done a really bad job at is finding ways to get multiple players at quarterback able to go. 
and and you do it at running back, you do it at receiver, you do it in every other position except two, uh, offensive line and quarterback. And offensive line, I somewhat understand because of the timing and all that, and that's part of the reason a quarterback too. Quarterbacks are on the same page. And, and some positions you can over, I think, you can overdo a rotation. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of like what Steve Spurrier did. Right. Remember that with he when he I had do. like who was it? It was uh Jesse Palmer and who was the other quarterback on that team? Jesse oh, Palmer. I thought you were gonna talk about uh Tim Tebow and No, no, no. Cause see that worked. I mean they yeah. won a national championship that year. But right. like I don't I don't want to point to the anomaly because because he Tyler Buckers not Tim Tebow, right? He's not a 240-pound running back right with the ball in his hands. Um but like what I'm trying to remember who the other quarterback was with with uh with Doug Johnson. Or was it Doug Johnson? And and Rex Grossman is that who it was? Remember he went through that stretch where he just rotate quarterbacks like almost every other yeah, series. Sometimes you can't series. do that. I don't want to do that because quarterbacks have to get into some kind of rhythm. But as long as Tyler Buck, see, here's the mistake they made last year. There were times in the game where they went with Tyler to give him a spark, and I don't know if that works because then that hurts your starter. Right. I think what you need to do is you need to have a defined role that Sam and Tyler both know is when we go here, Tyler's coming in the game. Right. And, you know, hey, we get into the 10 inside the 10 yard line. Tyler's coming in. That's our right. package. Tyler's right. coming in. Right. Uh, we have a third down package on third and short that we're going to do with Tyler and something, you know, or, or there's there, something like that. And then the other thing I would do is, as I tell Sam, like anytime we're up big in the late in the third quarter, we're going to put Tyler in to give him a couple series with the ones. You're our guy, but we're trying to develop this kid. And if something happens to you, we need to make sure that he's ready to play. But it's communicated and very clear and set out. And I think the thing that hurt them last year was the fact they didn't have that. Right. It just was kind of like feel. And I don't think you can do that with a quarterback because I think that hurt Jack from getting into a rhythm. Now, as the season wore on and Jack kind of had more clue of, hey, Tyler's going in this next series. It was game plan that way. Tyler would come in, play well, and then Jack would come back in and he'd play well because right. it was – it was, it was defined. Understood. It was defined. This is what's going to happen. Do you feel like that season helped them understand how to define that moving I would hope forward? so. You I know? would hope so. Okay. Like you've got it's got to be a very clear, very clear. This is what we're doing. Right. Tyler's getting the fourth series of this game, at least to start. Sure. And you know that's what we're going to do. And then you can always kind of, hey, look, something happened, and you need to make sure you roll, roll with with with. Sam again, but you don't ever just randomly throw Tyler in there. Right. right That's right, what I right, would say. Right, right, right. I agree. With and that. they had to do that to a degree in 2021, though, because they're off. They couldn't run the football. And mm-hmm. they still we, we're offense doing nothing because we can't run the football. Right. So we got to put Tyler in to give us a spark to even run the football at all. They don't have they don't need semblance. that. Yeah. yeah. I agree with they that. Don't they don't need that. Right. And next year's if they if right. that's a problem next year, something really bad has happened. Yes. Absolutely agree with that part. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John Bertucci with a super sticker. Thanks, John. Really appreciate that. And then we've got a super chat from Chief Brody. 
Thank you, Chief. BKPTSD kicking in where I'm now excited about offense, but now I'm nervous about the defense. Yeah. Well, that's fair. I, I appreciate that, Chief. We'll see I what happens. That. But again, nervous about the defense. If the defense repeats what it did this year, it's still better than teams that have won a championship right. in recent years. Yeah, that is true. It's still better than what LSU's 2019 defense was. Sure. Right? I mean, so at least not – I shouldn't say won a championship because that's not accurate. Other Because other than the 19 LSU team, I don't think it's better than like 2020 Bama, which didn't have a great defense. But it's good – it's it's as it's good, good as teams that have been the in the playoff. And it's in good championship game. Like, correct. TCU correct. has the 58th scoring defense in the country. Correct. Like, correct. Notre Dame's defense is better than TCU's. Right. It's better than the 2020 Ohio State defense. Right. That went to the play, went to the championship game. Right. Right. Yes. Correct. So, yeah. But Agreed. why couldn't they win a title? Because they didn't have very good defense. They didn't have good defense. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, ICURN with Irish Luck. I believe that's the third super chat of the day. Thank Appreciate you very much. Appreciate that very much. Very much. Very so. much. Seems like we have a lot of familiar or similar skill sets in the quarterback room. Hartman, Minchie, Carr coming in. Quick release, nice touch. Not cannons for arms, but good arms with good anticipation. Yes. I, I, yeah, I don't think any of them have cannons, but I, I, I think CJ Carr's arm strength is very underrated by Notre Dame fans. Very underrated. I think he's got a pretty strong arm. Vince, you and I saw him spin it in person. And that yeah. ball jumps out of his hand. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I've heard people say, well, he's a year older than other people. So I don't care how old you are. I care about how old your body <laughs> is. And what I mean by right, that is, Vince, right. you know this. You've met your son's a freshman or sophomore? Sophomore, yeah. Sophomore. There are kids in this class that look really young like he does. Mm-hmm. And there's kids in this class that look like they're driving another student to school because it's their child. Correct. Right? Like, we both have been there. Like, it's Absolutely. funny. I had a kid on my junior high, like my middle school basketball team played against him when, you know, in fifth and sixth grade. And then we were on the same team in seventh and eighth grade. His name was CJ Noble. And he was our center. He was like over six feet tall. Like he had a must, like he could grow a beard. He had like very hairy <laughs> legs. This is in the, like the fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. By the time he was a senior. Now I moved away from bath after the eighth grade. But by when I came back my senior year at one point in time uh, for, for Christmas or Thanksgiving or family, something like that, he was, playing shooting guard because he didn't grow an inch in high school yeah and and his game had to evolve because he was still six one and you know looked exactly the same and his game evolved uh because he just grew up quicker you know and and that's the reality of it cj as you and i saw the summer he looks very young yes he does. his body looks very young Mm -hmm. he may be a year older than other people i don't know if that's accurate or not but he's very he's got a very young physique which means he's gonna get a lot bigger and stronger and we started to see that a little bit as a a junior you started to see that jump a little bit i think he's gonna make another one next year and uh he's gonna be really good he's gonna be really good oh yeah no doubt about that okay calm down Kind of like that one. Calm down is the uh, the name there. Does Kenny Minchie now walking into a top quarterback room help his development more than walking into a less experienced one and getting more early game time potentially? I think it's good for him to, to play behind veteran players. I still think quarterback, with the exception of the great ones, right, is still a position where you, there's a lot of value to learning from people that, that can show you how to do it a certain way. Right. And I mean, you've heard Tom Brady talk about how invaluable the time he spent behind Drew Bledsoe was. Mm-hmm. wasn't long. It wasn't long. But but having it was Drew enough. Bledsoe yeah. there, and then Drew did a great job that year as when he was hurt of kind of 
being there for Tom, right? right? I think those things are invaluable to have that kind of guy that can show you, hey, hey, son, here's how you work, go about your business every day. Yep. Here's how you prepare every day. Absolutely. Here's how you attack the weight room. Here's how you watch film. Because coaches can only spend, legally can only spend so much time with you. Yeah. But if you've got a good leader, a quarterback, and you're a sponge, man, like, you can learn a ton. I agree. Now, nothing beats playing experience, but I think sometimes playing experience at too early of an age can be a hindrance to players where they lose their confidence because they right. get their brain speed in. Right. And and so, like, people said, well, if Tyler Buckner would have just started all year last year, he'd be so much further ahead. I don't know about that. Number one, he may have suffered another injury. Number two, is he necessarily going to be better by getting his face bashed in the whole season with behind that offensive line? I don't think so. Go look at David Carr or Derek right. Carr. Derek. I still believe if Derek Carr would have gone somewhere other than the Texans, he would have had a much different looking NFL career. Yeah. Now he holds the NFL record for most sacks. Yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't like, you know, late third down. He was getting crushed. Just hammered. Just hammered. I mean, so I think that can have a negative impact on a guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, so I still believe there's a lot of value in coming in and learning. I do too. I do too. Nine and eight problems, but BK ain't one. We got a, a two a tour here. So Two-parter, uh, huh? Yep. Given his yeah. injury history, is there unknown risk if Tyler Buckner won the comp- uh, QB competition and then got hurt? The potential risk being Hartman leaves before the season starts if he lost the job. I don't see that happening, by the way, but just another wrinkle in the risk-reward of real competition. I have to think even a close competition leads to Hartman being the starter. As it should. He's got more experience. He yeah. should get the nod if yeah. that's the case. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Buckner has to be better. Yes. Because he, he there's so much unknown with him. Right. That's the reality of it. Now, with the, with, with the rules, if he's here for spring semester, goes through spring practice, and let's say Tyler Buckner is named the starter, which I don't see. I don't see there being naming a starter at the end of spring practice, but I'm just, you know, for this situation – can he can Hartman then transfer to another school and still be right. eligible right away? Right. He can? No. Uh, no. So he once can't. Hartman enrolls at Notre Dame, he's stuck. Well, no, he could. I mean, he could. Because he's I'm a graduate. Asking. He's a graduate. Okay. So yeah, okay. he could. It just okay. it wouldn't it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't it would be tough for him. All right. He could. Oh, absolutely. I, can I bring some up real quick, Vince? Yeah, yeah. It's like Johnny S says the phrase is is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Lou Holtz. Uh, look, I get this expression, but people keep using this as some kind of absolute. Right. It's not. There's so many instances I could point to where that's just not accurate. The, right. You're missing the point of what he's trying to say. The point is what he's trying to say is if if you have two quarterbacks because nobody just kind of stepped up and said I'm the guy, then you don't have any quarterbacks. Right. Right. Completely but agree. There's clearly times when you. I mean. Lou Holtz in 1993 played two quarterbacks. Ever heard of Paul Fela? I mean, he didn't just play when Kevin McDougal got hurt. He came in and was part of that. They did that T formation thing and play him. He found a role for him, right? You know, so I, I just, I'm not a fan of it. I think you need to be careful how you use it, but there's certainly a time and a place where getting two quarterbacks involved is a good thing. And yep. you can have two quarterbacks and still say only one's going to be your starter. I mean, that's part of it too. Right. I mean, Alabama had two pretty darn good quarterbacks in 2019 to a to a and Mac Jones. Only one of them was starter. So two quarterbacks. Right. So I just 
phrases like that where you just you use it with indiscretion mm -hmm. i just isn't fruitful in my opinion Timeout. Tom says competition is good at football, except at quarterback. The quarterback has developed confidence and grow his status at, as the centerpiece of the team. He needs to be a leader and foster a relationship with receivers. Let me tell you something right now. I understand where he's coming from, but one of the things that can really tear a locker room apart is when a quarterback is, when people feel a quarterback's been given a job. Players earn a great deal of respect from a quarterback when they watch him battle. Yep. Now, what I what to Tom's point, I don't want the quarterback battle going into the week before the Navy game. I've said that, said that this year with Drew and look, Tyler's the guy, make him the guy. Yep. Right. So don't unnecessarily prolong that battle. The only way I want it going down to Navy is if it's just that close. And, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing, to be honest with you. But you gain respect from your teammates by battling and winning a battle. Hey, this guy, I watched this guy outplay Tyler Buckner, who I know is really good. Or I watch this guy outplay Sam Hartman, who's really good. I think that only adds respect to them, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. because they won that battle. Because everybody else has to win that battle. Right. And so that can that can fracture a locker room if they – because like what if what, – like let's just say they walked in and say, Sam, you're the guy. Sorry, Tyler. What's that going to say to the rest of the team, right? Like who has faith in Tyler Buckner? Like they – why, why doesn't he have to compete like I have to compete? Right. Why, why does he get handed a job and I got to I got to compete against this guy? That's not fair. So you got to make him earn it. Because here's the thing: if he can't beat out Tyler Buckner, then guess what? He's not going to win you help you be a better football team. And so I, I now again there has to come a point in time where he becomes the face of the program. Hundred percent agree. There has to come a point in time sooner the better where he's the one working with the ones. But in this day and age of summer school and all these other things that players do where they're around each other all the time, trust me, they're getting plenty of reps with the wide receivers mm -hmm. and fostering a relationship. There's no question about that. So I, I just – I understand where Tom's coming from, but I just – I can't go there to you with to that degree. All right. Uh, I'm getting a lot of questions from people about the portal. We have updates on the portal kids and who they're after and where things stand on the message board. So I'm, I'm just – if you want to know that, check out the message board. Yeah, that's easy. All right, this will be an interesting one. Brian and Vince, if you were given truth serum, do you think that Tyler Buckner is good enough and accurate enough to beat out Sam Hartman? Okay, so this I wanted to respond to this one, Vunce, because um, <laughs> my question is this. or My response is I really, really dislike when people – and I love Robert Bishop. He's a great commenter on our chat. But I really dislike premises like this. It's like we say now, if you're being honest, I'm always honest. Right. I may be wrong, but I'm <clears throat> always honest. And if I don't want to tell you what I think, I won't say anything. Yeah. Right. So I'm always going to be honest with you. So if I didn't think Tyler Buckner had a chance in heck at beating out Sam Hartman, I just said that at the very beginning of the show. And if every coach at Notre Dame texted me and said, hey, you need to make sure that you're telling people that this is a legitimate battle because they don't want Tyler to leave. And I didn't believe that. I wouldn't say it. I don't work for them. They don't pay me anything. Right. Right. And so I would tell you, do I think Tyler Buckner's good enough to beat out Sam Hartman? Yes. Mm -hmm. The second part of that question is going to determine if he can actually do it or not. Correct. Is can he be accurate and, and good enough with his mechanics every snap to be that guy? That's going to be the question, Robert. Because the look, the most talented quarterback on the roster next year 
is going to be just physical talent is Tyler Buckner. Yes. The second most physically gifted quarterback on the roster next year is going to be Kenny Minchie. Right? That's not why Sam Hartman's a great quarterback, though. Right. Or at least potentially so. It's the other stuff that goes into being a quarterback. It's not always the physical talent. Tom Brady did clearly do not have the most physical talent of quarterbacks of all time. He's never in top 10. But most people think he's the greatest quarterback of all time because the results. Mm -hmm. And quarterback is is unlike – quarterback and O-line are unlike most other positions where there's a level of just really freaky athletic skills needed. We've seen some offensive linemen not be freaky athletes that are really freaking good, right? Absolutely. Quarterback's the same way. You, you don't see that at running back. Right. <laughs> you see that at receiver. Right. You right. know what I mean? Um, but uh, uh, I, I think I think that's a position where if Tyler can prove to to be accurate and be a good decision maker and be more consistent, then he's going to be tough to keep off the field. Mm-hmm. But that's the issue. The mechanics that lead to that is the sure. issue. Yep. Got a few more here. We got a super chat here from Milton Fan. He says, does the D get a bad rap due to poor offensive play? No. No. I mean, your your question assumes that we don't know the difference between the defense struggling because they're being put in bad positions. Right. And I think that's a false assumption. Like we have said in the past, like we have talked about how the offense wasn't as good as its numbers showed because of the position it was put in by the defense or special teams, right? Syracuse game. Remember this, Vince, where we talked about, like, eh, the offense didn't score 41 points. Right. A, they had a pick six. B, they had another series where a blocked punt gave them the ball at the two-yard line. Okay? (laughs) So, like, they didn't have a great offensive performance. So, I think this is a good question, Milton fan. I think it's a very fair question. But, like, we understand, we can understand – defense actually had a good did a good job on that series but they gave up that po- those points because the other team got the ball to seven right or they got a field goal because they got the ball to 25 right I, we can tell the difference there the defense didn't play well because it didn't it, the defense is getting the rap it's getting because it did not play well simple as that mm-hmm. and so they've got to play better right. and the offense has had bad years before and the defense didn't play like it did this year and so I, I don't think that that's a um, I don't I just don't think that's necessarily a a something that I would say and and, and like I'll say this Vince Notre Dame ranked thirty fifth in the country in in third in, in total plays on defense just higher than you want to be real if we're being honest about it but part of that Vince is their own fault. You ranked 50th in the country in third down defense. Right. Couldn't get off the field. You know, you, you, you couldn't force turnovers. Right. Right. Like where, where do they rank in, in, in turnovers gained? They were not very high. They ranked 98th in turnover game. Yeah, turnovers that's gained. terrible. That's not on the offense. No. You being 50th in the country in third down defense, you being 98th in the country in turnovers forced has nothing to do with the offense. Right. So, you know, now were the points higher because of the offense? Yes. They had what three pick six, four pick sixes this year, they right something like that. Tyler had three, one against Marshall, two against South Carolina. Uh, there was another one. Didn't Drew have one? Vince, or am I am I misremembering? I think he did, but I couldn't tell you where when it was. Yeah. So I mean, so so that's kind of opponents had three. So Drew did not. Was there okay. a fumble fumble return for a touchdown? No. Uh, let's see here. Notre Dame only had one fumble return this year. Good Lord. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, point is, is like there were times where the defense was put in some pretty bad spots, but 21 points this year came off of the defense or off the offense. So yeah, mm-hmm. the points per game, but we don't obsess over, I, they stink because they gave up X number of points per game. It was, they, they didn't play as well because this is what they were not good at. I mean, they were literally the second worst or worst red zone defense the entire season. Right. You want to keep your points down? Don't let teams convert like 90 some percent of their red zone touch uh, possessions into touchdowns. Right. Per- pretty simple solution. It was 79.4. 27 of the opponent's 34 red zone opportunities resulted in touchdowns. That's not on the offense. No. I mean, it's just, let's go see where that ended up ranking at the end of the season, Vince. 131st, literally ranked dead last in college football. Dead last. So that's not on the offense. It's not on the offense. It's on mm-hmm. you. Yep. So, yeah, right, that's gotta, bad, man. Good yeah, Lord. The only team that finished worse than them overall in the red zone was Rutgers. <laughs> now, here's what the defense was good at. They ranked 11th in the country in, red, in fewest red zone trips allowed. It's pretty good. But you've got to make stops once you get well, in once there. Once you get in there, you that's a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got a couple more here. Irish Mills 540. Do you think this year is Tommy's test uh, with an elite quarterback who can count on to fully run his offense? And what does this mean moving forward offensively? Will we see the same play calls, etc.? No, you're not going to see this offense look like it did. You're going to see this offense look more like it did 2020 from Clemson to the end of the regular season. Uh Last year, it stretches during the season last year to a degree. I'll say, I'll put it like this. if Tommy Reese, if I could, not if Tommy Reese, but if I could kind of say, hey, here's what I think the ideal Tommy Reese offense is going to look like. It's a 500-yard per game offense, which this year would have put him in the top five nationally in total offense. Uh, last year would have put him in the top four in total offense. So let's say they're a 500-yard per game offense. They're going to pass for 275 and rush for 225. I mean, that that's what it would be, right? That's not what it was this year, Fence. It would look a lot closer to what we saw in the, in the bowl game, though, right? You know, 250-ish to 250-ish kind of thing. But, you know, those are the things that I, I look at and I say, man, if, if, if they're clicking the way they want to, they want to be a 200, 200, 200 to 250 offense meaning 200 rushing, 250 passing is, is the minimum of where they want to be. I agree. And, and and with a little bit more explosiveness, because 450, that would put him at 30th this year, Vince, which is pretty good, you know, pretty good. But, you know, then kind of maybe a little bit more, maybe it's like 225, 250, that puts him up to around 275, that gets him all the way up to 13th. Oh, there you go. You know, that's pretty good, because the two teams playing in the college football championship this year are ranked 13th in yards and 8th in yards. The other two playoff teams ranked ninth and 25th, right? So you, you've got to be somewhere up there, right? And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I see it, Vince. All righty. We're, the, the Super Chats keep coming in. So, AJ Boggs, thank you very much for the Super Sticker. Really appreciate yeah. that. We're uh, only going to do – We got I got to get rolling, Vince. So Yeah, we're well, gonna, there's another show here with 18 su- minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. We're going to well, finish up here with Super Chats. Yeah, this is an easy one. It's it's quick. Is yeah. Hartman's transfer immediate or does he wait until the summer? It's immediate. He'll be here in the springs. Yep. Gregory, I do want to answer the one non super chat that's in there, Vince. You'll see why. Okay. 
Sounds good. Uh, Gregory Gilbert, thank you very much for the super chat. After hearing Hartman to Notre Dame, I went and looked at his highlights, and not only did he throw a good deep ball, he also had zip on slants and put the ball in tight cover. Can't yeah. wait for next season to start. That's somebody Great. on the message board, or was it in this chat that said that Grayson McCall had a better arm than Sam Hartman? I'm like, no. Now, I think Ian Book had a little bit more zip than Sam Hartman did, but not by a ton. Uh, not as accurate, Ian Book though. threw a Ian Book threw a pretty deep ball. He he just wouldn't, wouldn't throw it. Yeah, that was the problem. It was, it was not abilities; yeah. just he wouldn't do it. And Sam Hartman will not have that problem <laughs> at yeah, all. Exactly. I right. can assure exactly. you of that. Uh, Julian, uh, do y'all sell shirts or anything? I love you guys. Uh, yes, right Link here, below, baby. baby. Yeah, this is a this shirt right here is for sale. That shirt's for sale. Vince is the pullover. Uh, Vince, I have the navy blue one, which I've worn yeah. on the show before. Uh, we have all bunch types of hats. We got all these type of hats are available in the store. Got the green one. Also have green with gold. Have this is the flex fit, right? This is a um, also a flex fit. Got gray. Got white. Vince wears the white one a lot. So <laughs> it's right yeah, here, man, actually. The gear. Well, I gotta have my gotta have my hats here ready for the show. So that's my one of my New Year's resolutions but, is to mix up my hat usage. <laughs> but t-shirts, yeah. sweatpants, hoodies, all of it. It's all there yeah. and it's all awesome. So definitely mug, check it out. Got the IB mug that I drink my tea out of. So yeah, right. man. All types there it of is. Stuff. All right. Tyler Evans with a super chat. Thank you very much. Tyler is this link is below, by the way. It's in the yeah. it, it, in the chat below or in the box below. You can get the link to our merch store. Yep. If it, uh, is this year the best bowl season and your favorite top three bowl games this year, in your opinion? Goodness, I didn't watch a ton of bowl games. Oh man, there's been so many great bowl games. I mean, yes, I, I, like I said this in my uh, midweek musings yesterday, Vince. It's like, don't tell me that these games don't matter. To these kids, did right. you watch the Arkansas Kansas game? Did that look like they didn't care? Right, right. Did you watch Tulane against USC? Did it, did Tulane and USC those two teams look like they yeah, didn't that care? Was a good one to be the, there. Both semifinal games were good. Well, that no one says year. that kids don't care about being in the playoff. It's the other bowl. No, no, no. I'm just saying based on this, right? Well, I'm making a different. I'm making a terrible. different point. Like what they'll say is, you're correct. The playoff games yeah. have been awful. They they yeah. were really good this year. But my my point is, people say, oh, bowl right. games don't matter. I, I watched a bunch of bowl games this year, and I did not see a bunch of kids that didn't want to be there or right. coaches didn't want to be there. It may not matter to you. It may matter not may not matter to ESPN because I've said this to my dad. I think ESPN is like it, I'm. I'm trying to come to grips with why is the is the network that covers bowl games? Why do they do so much to diminish the importance of those bowl games? It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Right. Because I don't think they want to keep paying for them. Right. I think they want the bowl games to go away because they don't have to pay for them because right. their their business model is collapsing. Right. That's what I think is going on. It's like just one less thing they got to spend money on. So, that, hey, let's talk it down so maybe they get away with them. And then we can convert them all to playoff games, which people will watch. It's about right. money. Yeah, exactly. But don't tell me those kids that – don't tell me those South Carolina and Notre Dame kids didn't want to be there and weren't playing their hearts out. Those kids battled their butts off, both teams. Same with UCLA-Pitt. It's a yeah. great game. Yeah. Now, they're yeah. not always the cleanest games because you see a lot more turnovers in bowl games because it's sure. you know, been a well, month but and you all have that, a month off. Yeah. These kids are playing their butts off. Right. And there were some, I mean, even some of the games like with lesser teams or like that, nobody, I mean, those kids are playing their butts off in front of 10,000 people, which is embarrassing. Yeah. But just Super those kids wanted to be there. Yeah. Those kids wanted to be there. And that's what matters. And it pisses me off 
that ESPN spends so much time talking down those games that may not matter to them, but matter to these freaking kids. Well, people only care about the playoff games. No, you only care about the playoff games. Right. Because that's what you're making money off of. Don't project on everybody else, but there's so many people to buy that crap. Mm -hmm. Bowl games don't matter. To who? Well, me. Why? Have you always been this way? No. Because you're allowing yourself to be manipulated by ESPN. If you never cared about bowl games, then I'm cool with that. But if that's only a recent thing, that's you That's you being manipulated. You're too easily persuaded by the constant drumbeat from people you think matter and whose opinions mean more that it doesn't matter because they don't want to have to keep paying for it. That's what I think. Right. All right, last one from David. Thank you very much for the super chat. I get the upside of Tyler Buckner, but would you agree Sam is a better fit for this offense? Quick trigger, use a lot of play action. If so, isn't it best if Tyler transfers? No. It's not best. I don't agree that he's a better fit. I think that Tommy Reese would not like Tyler Buckner as much as he likes Tyler Buckner if he didn't think he could fit the offense. Because the the thing for Notre Dame, what, what what I don't think a lot of fans recognize that Notre Dame coaches realize is they think Tyler Buckner can be a really effective pocket passer, which you've seen in practices before. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've heard some from some people that were at the bowl practices that this was the most comfortable he looked from the pocket. Agreed. It's just that, but he also brings that other element, that playmaker element yep. that they haven't had before. But I think Tommy Reese wants it. Otherwise, why would they have made the push to make him the starter for the bowl game? They didn't just tell Drew to... Because people keep saying that Drew left because of the portal thing. It wasn't just that. He was also told that as long as Tyler was healthy, he was going to start in the bowl game. Right. And and so why? Drew Pine's a better fit for what people think Tom Reese's offense is about. I think Tom Reese wants to play. Why did he love Ian Book so much? Because Ian Book would freelance a little bit. You know, he would make things off schedule. You need that a little bit in an offense. So it's definitely not best for Notre Dame to Tyler Buckner transfer at, at all. all. At all. And if they don't think Tyler Buckner's a good fit, then they definitely shouldn't have recruited CJ Carr because CJ Carr makes a lot of stuff off platform or off schedule, too. Right. So, yeah, I I, I understand where you're coming from, David. It's a fair thing to say. I, I think that Sam fits better what the offense has looked like at times, but I don't think that's necessarily where Tommy ultimately wants this offense to be. I think he wants a quarterback that can sit back and pick you apart in a pocket and then do the other stuff that Tyler can do. Sure. There aren't a lot of guys that can do that, but Tyler right. can, yeah. Kenny can, CJ can, and to a degree, Sam Hartman can. Right. To a degree. See, he can make some of that stuff off script as well. Yep. So it's just it's harder to do that when you're in the in the line <laughs> on that slow mesh nonsense. So yeah, is that it, Vince? So hey, everybody, thank you so much for the show today. It was a ton of fun. Uh, big news. Notre Dame gets Sam Hartman, and we've known about it for a while. I was just glad that it's finally official so I can stop asking, what's the latest with Sam Hartman? So that's yeah, great, to, right? great to know. Hit that like button, everybody. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Check, make sure you check out our main website at irishbreakdown.com. S- uh, subscribe to the CFB Nation channel. And, of course, here in about 11 minutes, yeah. I expect all of you to transition over to IB Nation Sports Talk Jesse uh, Styers and Sean Styers are going to talk more about Tyler Buckner. They're going to give their opinions, or excuse me, uh, Sam Hartman. talk about Tyler Buckner, too. They'll give more of their opinions about (laughs) Tyler Buckner and Sam Hartman and and the quarterback thing. So if you want to continue this conversation about the quarterback stuff, head over to CFB Nation. The chat, the the room's already available, so you can jump in now. The guys will get started around 6 o'clock. Sean's pretty good about starting, you know, that early time. Yeah, uh, something I want to get better at. Haven't been so far, uh, but we'll, we'll work on it. We'll get there. 
But anybody, um, every, for, for Vince, um, Brian, everybody have a wonderful rest of your night. He and I will be back tomorrow because you know what tomorrow is, Vince? It's Mailbag Friday, baby! Free for all! <laughs> That's, Woo! Right. That's right. So last one that Vince and I get to do for a while. So we're going to have some fun tomorrow. So join us tomorrow, everybody, on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Yeah,